Welcome to Humans of SDU. We're back after the Christmas break, and we're back as part of the newly launched Married Student Media at SDU. And I hope you're back too, because today's episode brings the story of Emma, a biology student who will talk about ecotoxicity. That's right, you will learn what that is, uh, but also gender and equality, and a lot more. So tune in. Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast, even though it's a bit harder and a bit stranger to do it online. But thank you anyway. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, it's really it's really good that we called you when we called you, uh, because in a couple of days you're preparing to leave for Belgium, right? For your Erasmus. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really a, a weird time to travel right now well, for the past, past year. Uh, are you stressed about flying or traveling um, during the pandemic? Yeah, I suppose a little bit I am. Um, I, of course, I'm going to take every single precaution that I'm I'm, I'm capable of uh, with uh, hand sanitizer and masks and everything like you're supposed to. But still, it's um, it's a bit scary like to, to have to go through an airport where so many people um, cross each other um, all the time. So, yeah, of course, I'm a little bit scared and... Um, I know from, I have a friend who's left for, for Norway um, a couple of uh, days ago, and she said uh, everyone in the airport is very much like, where are you going and why are you going there and what are you going to do? Um, so you have to prove that you're actually leaving for um, a course that is, that is okay. So yeah, I'm a bit nervous, but I think it's going to work out. So is there any reason why you decided to go for Belgium? Yeah, there is actually. I am... Um, so I love uh, studying and I love university. I love um, science. Uh, I'm studying biology and um, I kind of, I have a dream of, of becoming a researcher and getting a PhD. And so I wanted to go to a university that was uh, really good. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where I was sure that I could learn something. And so I asked uh, one of the researchers at biology um, Actually, my, my bachelor supervisor asked her, uh, where do you think I should go? Um, do you have any colleagues who are really great in this field? And she said, uh, yes. And we have arranged um, my exchange program kind of um, also as an internship. So I'm going to a laboratory in Belgium where I'm going to start my master's thesis. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds really, really exciting. So I was I was sort of hoping for an answer like you know the fries yeah <laughs> really looking <laughs> forward to the fries <laughs> this is where my mind is right now yeah. uh, but are you also going to be able to experience the culture a little bit uh, even yeah. like um, I've, I've been thinking the same thing i i know definitely i'm going to be able to go outside on my own i'm not sure like how many people i can actually hang out with at the same time here in Denmark right now we can only be five people together at one time so um, I'm not sure how things are gonna go uh, I'm gonna live um, kind of at campus um, with nine other people so luckily I'm gonna be able to experience uh, and have some fun with with those people um, and I'm gonna be able to go out on my own um, but I hope as kind of the next months uh, go on that with, with the with the vaccines and everything that things are going to open up a bit more and yeah fingers are crossed but we'll see yeah let's all hope for yeah, that. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> so you said you're going to work in a lab 
what is your research about? What is the topic that you work on? Yeah. Um, so my topic, uh, the field is called ecotoxicology, and that's kind of a, a tough word, um, but it means um, the study of toxic uh, chemicals in nature. And so what I'm going to look into is how can we be better at preventing toxic chemicals um, to even being used, even uh, like reaching nature where they can harm animals and in the end also harm human beings. Yeah. How have you discovered such a topic? It's such a niche, like I'm yeah. going to research chemicals. Like what, what did you bring there? Yeah, um, it is kind of an, a niche. And I mean, everything in biology is, it's such a wide field that um, if you want to become a, a researcher in biology, you, you kind of need a niche like this. But I, um, I discovered it in my, my third semester of my bachelor's. We had a course called uh, Elementary Ecotoxicology. Um, and it was such an exciting course. It was with um, the, the teacher later on became my um, supervisor for my bachelor's. And um, she is uh, super, super um, dedicated and a really, really good teacher. <clears throat> She taught us about all of these kind of big environmental crises that have happened uh, over the years and how that has um, unfortunately um, created a need for this research field being created. Um, but she also told us all of the good things, like how scientists have been able to help um, decrease the amount of pesticides that we use um, in agriculture and how that's kind of helped um, the animals and the biodiversity and nature to thrive again. So it was a really motivating course, um, a really motivating class for me. And I, and I kind of learned how humans are responsible for so much damage. And at the same time, we are also responsible for kind of saving um, the earth again and, and helping nature. Yeah. So would you say that this is sort of your goal or your driving force behind your studies? Yeah, it really is. I mean, I've always known that I wanted to do something that had a purpose. Uh, I wanted to do something where I could really feel that I made a difference. And this definitely is uh, something where I feel that I can help uh, make the world a little bit better, at least. But we know that your research is not the only way how you try to make the world better. You're also part of the... Sustain. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how does that thing work? I've ha I must admit, I haven't heard of that before. Um, sustain is kind of the... At the Faculty of Science, we have um, this committee for sustainability, and that's what we call sustain. And it's something that started um, a little bit after, you know, the entire University of Southern Denmark um, proclaimed that now we're going to be an SDG university. We're going to work with these, um, the UN's uh, Sustainable Development Goals. And at the Faculty of Science, we wanted to create this committee where we at locally at our faculty could um, start some initiatives that would point uh, the faculty and the university in a more sustainable direction. So there are uh, employees and researchers from all institutes, um, for example, from the Institute of Biology. And there are also students. So each institute has um, a student representative and I am that student representative from biology. And we meet uh, once a month and we discuss like what can we do to improve sustainability at our faculty. And we've, um, for example, been working to get some of our laboratories um, green. So there is this uh, green lab certificate that you can get um, 
we all know that in the laboratory we reuse so much plastic over and over again and this green lab certificate is something that we can use to kind of make laboratory work more sustainable and how is it looking with the entire university if, if you know uh it's been what maybe it's been two years yeah, since, uh, since they pledged uh yeah. to the sdgs um has it been implemented yeah on it, a big scale? yeah it definitely has uh, i think sdu is one of the danish universities uh, and some of, one of the university in in the world that is uh, ranked the highest when it comes to um engagement with sustainability um it's not always something that we as students uh, see and feel because a lot of this a lot of it also has to do with administration um of the university itself and uh, for example um at SDU some of the car parks uh, have been um made into car parks only for electrical vehicles and they're going to be put up um like charging stations for for um for electrical cars so that's something that we don't really necessarily uh, pay attention to as students but um it is something that makes SDU more sustainable in a general sense. I like the example of the electric cars. Mm. Would you have any other that the university is working on? Yeah, so for example, um, not so long ago, last year, we changed all of the printers at SDU. Um, so first of all, we'd like decreased the amount of printers that we have. So some were just removed, but the rest were changed for more sustainable printers. So they use um, less, um, toner, less color, but also they print on more sustainable paper. And we are kind of working on making it a default on the printers to pay, to print on both sides of the paper automatically. So to um, cut the amount of paper in half. And I know SDU is also really uh, engaged in handling waste better. Um, we have implemented this, like you can see the trash cans in the hallways are kind of sorted into paper and, and waste and food. Um, I'm also working right now with another biology student uh, named Christian on kind of implementing more wild nature around STU, seeing if we can um, put more wild flowers and wild plants um, on all of these like plain uh, grass fields that we have everywhere. Um, for example, to attract more bees, because the bees are dying and they're really important for, for biodiversity. So yeah, many projects are brewing, but um, yeah. Great, great to know. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. exciting. It's especially great to hear about the printers because mm -hmm. they were they were a nuisance because they were not working <laughs> from the beginning. But now now that I know that they're more sustainable, I'm, I can get past that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, within the SDGs, there are also other areas mm -hmm. that, we, uh, that we can work towards. Uh, and I know you're uh, also really interested in equality. Yeah. Uh, so do you see any 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 progress in other areas? Yeah, I definitely do. You're completely right. So the SDGs are not only about climate and biodiversity. They're about uh, humans too, uh, human equality, both equality between um, the areas of the world that are um, poorer than, than the Western world and um, equality between men and women, um, but also equality between um, different sexualities um, and that's kind of something that I've recently come to to really appreciate um, the efforts being made in that area um, it partly has to do with um, myself uh, discovering within recent years that um, I'm not uh, straight um, I am LGBTQ 
And that's kind of heightened my interest in LGBTQ equality um, in a general sense, but also in academia and in, in science. Um, yeah, it's something that we are not doing uh, enough in regards to, and I'd really like to, to help facilitate some of that positive change. LGBTQ in science sounds mm. as a topic on its own. Is there any like anything special about that compared to other areas or maybe something you might know since you're in that field? Sure. Um, I mean, I have a, a few friends who unfortunately have um, experienced uh, less pleasant um, working environments because of their sexuality. Uh, luckily, I haven't uh, experienced any anything bad. Um, and I, of course, hope that that trend uh, continues, um, but I know that it's something that a lot of LGBTQ people in science uh, struggle with. And I know that um, only three days ago, a study was published um, performed by two American sociologists who um, kind of looked into um, how STEM, so that is uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, how LGBTQ people in STEM fields actually experience more harassment, um, worse career opportunities than people who are not LGBTQ in science. Um, and the thoughts of kind of well, considerations to leave STEM, um, these thoughts are um, more common uh, with LGBTQ people. And so I know it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And to me, unfortunately, it's not surprising. I know that um, LGBTQ people have faced so many struggles um, for so many years in, in all of society. So that it's a problem in, in STEM, to me, that's not surprising, unfortunately. <laughs> This is the pause for the big breath. Where you have to collect your thoughts a little bit. Sure. Um, so this is this is definitely one big issue uh, within STEM. Uh, mm. But I know when we talked before, you mentioned that it's also um, a very male-dominated field. Yeah. Uh, so what is it that makes STEM and this field in particular so also rigid, perhaps? Yeah. Or yeah, resistant it's really, to, to change. Yeah, it's a really good question, and I of course don't. I don't think I have the answer. Um, Part of the part of the answer maybe lies in the fact that kind of that's how it's always been, um, and often things have a tendency to to keep staying like the same that it's always been um, until someone stands up and demands change. So maybe that's part of the answer. Um, I also think part of the answer lies in the fact that STEM and science in general is a very um, It's kind of a field that's very black and white and either there's a factual answer um, and something is correct or it's false. Um, and that's a very sciencey way to think. Um, and I guess a lot of like the, the old fashioned views on men and women kind of has always thought that men were, were better uh, scientists and That's something that's kind of been a dominating viewpoint for many people for many years. Um, one of my personal um, role models in science and in my field of science is 
a woman named Rachel Carson, who was kind of this pioneering uh, biologist and um, ecotoxicologist who wrote a book called Silent Spring in 1962. She kind of talked about how all of the pesticides that were used in America back then killed a lot of animals and a lot of birds. And that's why the book is called Silent Spring, because she noticed that in spring, no birds were singing because they were all dead. Um, and I know that Rachel um, struggled a lot with being put down by men, by male scientists who thought that this woman has nothing um, useful to say because, well, partly because she was a woman. Um, and it's, it's a viewpoint that some people still have. Um, I don't understand why, obviously, but, but the, thought, um, the thoughts are, are out there in society. And it's uh, really, really important that we kind of change that viewpoint because it's, it's plain wrong. Yeah. But it's a, it's a hard struggle. Like, how do we do that? I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's important that we do. Yeah. Uh, with the birds, you reminded me of our very recent episode with Jacqueline. She deals with birds conser conser yeah. conservation. Conservation, probably. Yeah. So I was very, yeah, I guess we're returning to the topic again, again. However, uh, do you consider yourself or do you feel like a pioneer that you go into this male dominated industry and you go and you can do it as well? <laughs> well I don't know if I feel like a pioneer. I am. Um... I do what I love, and so far I've only been met by great people um, who wish me the best, and I feel very lucky and very blessed from meeting such amazing people. It's really been an amazing journey so far, and of course it's only just begun, um, but I think it's very important um, to, to show uh, younger generations that it is possible to be a woman and to succeed in science um, currently in Denmark as well. And I think in a lot of the, the rest of the world, um, STEM is just something that boys are, are um, more dominating in than girls are. And it's something that begins like in, in primary school when kids start to have maths and physics for the physics for the first time that little girls often think that this is something for boys. Uh, and I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, and it's really, really sad. And I hope that if if I can help show some girls that this is something they can do, then I've achieved more than more than I could dream of. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good goal. We wish you good luck. Yeah, that's that. a very nice goal. Oh. But do you think it's important to have these kind of icons or people who have already done it that you can look up yeah the role models yeah the role models and i think as as you said with the things we discussed before uh it's not only to have female role models but also to have lgbtq plus yeah. role models yeah representation is so so important in in all fields of 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 the world uh, both women lgbtq also i think very important that we have more black representation in science and in, in society. We know from 2020 and of course from throughout history that black people um, are continually oppressed. And part of the problem is that there is a lack of representation for, for that group of people as well. Um, but you're totally right. All fields of society, more representation for women, for black people, for LGBTQ, it is, uh, it is critical. 
yes. Do you think it can also not only help individual people to kind of pursue the field, pursue what they love to do, but also the society to open up the conversation a little? Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said, it's very important for the individual, um, for a little girl to see that that girls can do science that makes her believe in herself um, more, I think. But you're completely right. Uh, it also opens up the possibility of society changing as a whole. And of course, for society to change, we need to change as, as individuals. That's where we need to begin. Um, I, of course, also think it's very sad that some people have to, you know, be the first people to to attempt change because that's often really difficult for those people and they often have to receive so much, um, well, bullying and just like Rachel Carson was being put down by male scientists, that's often what happens with um, yeah, pioneers and people who, who do things first. Yeah. I was wondering, how does it look in your classroom then? Or in your class, do mm. boys also prevail or do you see any difference there? Well, in biology, I think uh, there's, it's kind of 50-50. Um, but some of the, the, the real big issues with um, gender uh, equality and, and such in, in STEM, that's more prominent in physics and mathematics and uh, data science uh, those are very, very male-dominated fields. Um, biology, um, I'm happy to say, not as big a problem, but it definitely is in other areas. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we chatted briefly before, uh, you said that what will make this episode a little bit special is that it basically serves as your public coming out. Yeah. Uh, I guess and, I, and I really like your thoughts of that, on that. So could you maybe elaborate a bit sure um so as i said before i have discovered in, in recent years that i'm a part of the lgbtq uh, community i don't necessarily like putting myself in in a box like saying i am bisexual for example i i'm not really that into labels because i wish that labels were unnecessary i wish we could just be humans um and fall in love with whoever we, we want to, without having to, to label that. Um, but I am part of that community and I, up until now, I've only told my closest family and my closest friends. And that's partly because I also wish that coming out wasn't necessary. And by that, I mean, I think it's really sad that people just assume like, okay, he is he or she is um, a heterosexual just because they haven't said anything else. Um, I think it's really sad that that's just assumed. Um, and of course, that's part of the heteronormativity um, that we have in society, that being a heterosexual is the norm. Um, and because of that, coming out becomes this big thing, um, like this big event where people are like, oh, that's... I'm so happy for you and it, it becomes like a big event and I think that's really unnecessary and I wish that as I said before that we could just be humans and we didn't have to come out and I guess that's why I haven't really made a big thing um, of it um, but I mean sexuality is a big part of who we are as human beings and saying it now um, 
is um, kind of like you said me coming out to to everyone and um it is a part of me and it's something that i am glad that that people are aware of it doesn't have to be this big thing but it's me and um yeah so this is a great way to to kind of do that yeah so now i'm confused though when you started saying this i was like okay this is it we need to get it to as many people as we want and then you say it's kind of stupid to like call it that way so i don't know i don't know we'll see <laughs> um anyway emma uh before we conclude this episode we would like to ask you a last question mm -hmm. and it's the same question we ask all of our guests that come into our podcast mm -hmm. Oh, it's me. Okay. Yeah, you have the <laughs> honor to do that. <laughs> the question is, do you have some sort of a life hack, something that helps you get through life more easily? Oh, some sort of life hack. Um, maybe this is one of the silences as well that you cut out. I just have to think. I um, That's fine. Take the time. <laughs> it is a tough question. It is, yeah. But it yeah, is. it is a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have a life hack per se, but one of my top tips for living, I guess, is breaks. I tell everyone, um, all of my friends, all of my family, when they say to me that they're stressed out or have too much on their mind, I say, take a day off, take a week off if you need it. I'm not always very good at like doing it myself, but I try to. Um, I I think the motto is that taking breaks can also be very productive. Um, it can make you more efficient and and it can make you think clearer um, just by taking a break. So I think that's my number one tip: take more breaks. I like this one yeah. personally very much. <laughs> Which guys you'd follow. <laughs> Perfect. So thank you very much, Emma, for sure. finding the time and talking to us. It was really, really cool. Yeah, we really enjoyed the conversation. Hope me too. You had a good time as well. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So that was it. Thank you again, Emma, and we wish you all the luck on your Belgian journey. For the rest of you, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, you can check out the others you haven't listened to or look at our social media. Bye!